0: Hello and welcome. How you doing today, Jock? Doing great, now. How you doing, brother? I am doing fantastic. Uh, Guys, just want to remind you, Tan Talk is a weekly show where we share our opinions and knowledge from our grows. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about transplanting clones, a little pH lockout that I've been having problems with, and then some watering strategies on the clones. So how about you start us off, Jock? I saw last night... Uh, You were transplanting some clones. Can you tell us about that? Yes, sir.
1: I was transplanting some clones last night. Got them all into... Well, let me back it up real quick. Uh, I had to go get some new media because I ran out of my Floraflex. So I decided to go with Canna Cocoa this round. Um, So I'm running some Canna Coco. It's a little bit different than the Floraflex Coco. It's a little bit more moist out of the bag. So. Just popped all the clones in. Well, first, before I put any clones in anything, I got a what is it? Easy drain tray. Mm-hmm. That um, yeah. So I got the easy drain, and I tried to test fit twenty seven solo cups on it before I put it in the tent, and mm-hmm. it it fit just barely. It was rough. It took me like thirty minutes to figure out like where everything was gonna go. But yep, yeah, I got twenty seven clones on that easy drain now.
0: And, uh, what else are you using any like, you know, rooting products, uh, when you did that transplant, I see it's very popular for people to powder some micro eyes on, maybe a little root, inoc- root inoculant, like a uh, root accelerator from, uh, what are they? House and garden, anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um, I have not used any, um, rooting products, um, Honestly, I've had success without them. So
0: mm-hmm. no need for me to spend the money, you know, hitting big drybacks always does some killer, crazy things. Um, that's what yeah. I've been telling people in, in the past three years or so, a lot of people have been driving that high dryback thing above, uh, bacteria and doing like rooting products. Um, not that rooting products are bad necessarily. It's the idea that when you're putting bacteria into your, uh, you know, that cube that we call it, or that pot, um, you're adding something that you don't know about, you know, this uncertainty. So if we want to measure something and get the data back, it's easier just to have water and your nutrient solution, you know, minimize the variables. 100%, 100%. It's kind of a different style of growing, um, but it's, I don't know, I think lately, a lot of people have been moving towards it, just because of the progression in the science. So at the end of the day, for you speaking about progression and succession, how many clones did you end up succeeding with? I got like a, I got
1: 100% success. I put 29 clones in and I got 29 out.
0: 29. So, yeah. So wait, so you said earlier you were did you just misspeak? I think you said 27 solo cups fit yeah so
1: yeah but i have so i have 27 on the easy drain and then i got two just like on the side okay of the easy drain not on the easy drain okay those i had already transplanted into solo cups like two three weeks ago because i was giving them to my boy so i kind of just took those out of the clones early because those were the ones that i didn't think were gonna make it
0: but they made it (laughs) so yeah so um, that answers the next question is that you know Are there ones that look healthier than the other ones and clearly ones that are going to take off a lot faster and you're going to have to worry about topping and different type of training if you want to keep them equal?
1: Yeah, 100%. And also like some of my clones are like different sizes. So I have some that are a lot longer than others. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is something that I'm keeping in mind. But right now with the easy drain setup, it's like some cups are like higher than others because you know you have an easy drain you know how there's like it's weird it's yeah it's going yeah. like weird like up things so that the water can drain down
0: and it's so. yeah it's, and it changed they actually changed their like design of it um when okay. i got mine a few years ago i think two years ago now they have these like little slits on the inside um, not good for pots cause you'll put a pot on top of it and pot will tip over. Um, and now they have like a flat design, but I've heard with the flat design that if you're running solos, you can have problems like you said with it, like filling up because of that weird design thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you use it correctly and you find that kind of balance, then I think everything's fine. Like it, yeah. it's not like you're going to be sitting in nutrient solution, like a drain tray. It's still draining the water out of the tray.
1: Yeah. Hundred percent.
0: One hundred percent. So Yeah, so get into a little bit uh since you just are now transplanting the clones, um, I see how much success you're having with the bulking phase, uh, with mm-hmm. your flowers. Just kind of switch yeah. up the tents, right? What is the VPD? You know, tell us a little bit. I know I've seen a couple comments like this, but tell us a little bit about your whole environment, maybe a little bit about the dry downs, maybe a little bit about how much you're watering and and what your plan is for future watering and things like that.
1: Okay. yes. So um, recently I had a really big dry back. Wasn't really planned. Um, I thought my res could go another day and it could not. So they only got watered like halfway one night and then they went an entire day no water. Dried back to about like 25% um relative uh, what is it to it's relative, 60, right?
0: Yeah, relative yeah. to
1: 60, so that's right. That's what yeah. I
0: thought. From I've I've seen some screenshots <clears throat> of the graph for people that don't know. Um there are some he's posted some on the story on Instagram, but yeah, I think your highest is like 60 and you've been like You've been normally going to, like, 45 or 50? Something like that? Yeah, it
1: usually hits, like, it usually maxes at, like, 60 and dries back to, like, 40, 45. And then okay. it'll go back up to 60.
0: And that's um, a perfect dryback.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, they've been stacking, and this one went down to, like, 25. So last night, um, to try to balance back the, you know, the percentage of how much water is in the soil, um, the media, I tried to, like. Turned off half of the watering last night. So I started my watering. So it watering didn't water instead it. Of, Yeah. Instead of watering it from, I turned it off from midnight to like 2 a.m. So it only got watered from 2 to 4.
0: Okay. So you went more for the backside. <clears throat> yeah. Which actually, um, interesting enough, um, and this is more for the viewers out there, the more advanced crops to your guys, that's actually you're pushing more like uh, it's a generative cue when you're pushing a later feed later in the day, and then another thing was hitting that huge dryback, it's hitting a generative queue. Um, now, this is for the more beginner guys out there that are getting into crops doing what we mean when we say relative dryback, absolute dryback. And absolute dryback is like, if we think of 100 as being the whole. So when I'm hitting field capacity, which means uh, runoff, you know that's 100%. And then 25% off of that, that's an absolute dryback. Whereas a relative dryback, we're talking about what is this relative to how, you know, the moisture content of the media. So if he's having 60% and he's going down to 45%, then that's actually a 25% dryback. Absolute, you know? So if if that makes any sense in guys' heads, uh, you'll kind of understand what I mean with the dryback percentages and stuff. But when we're going for like a 25% dryback in this bulking phase, a lot of people would count this more of a neutral uh neutral strategy. It's not super generative. It's not super vegetative. It's right in that kind of middle ground where you're hitting a really healthy dryback, um, where the plant's going to be super healthy, but you're kind of letting the genetics and the environment uh, do things. So to get into that, what are your like environment set points right now?
1: Um. So before yesterday, before my transplant of the clones, I was hitting like a to like maybe a one 1.05 kpa for my vpd, so I was kind of keeping it more on the lower side. Um, and they were super happy; the leaves were still praying. But once I transplanted my clones, I dropped my dhu to fifty percent. So now uh, my temps are looking at like eighty-two degrees Fahrenheit, and I'm looking at like sixty-eight degrees um, relative humidity. So the sitting at like a 1.19 right now and um honestly the plants are doing super well um the leaves are still praying nicely um the plants are bulking super well the i don't know what you call the um white little hairs that are coming out of the buds but the white hairs that are coming out of the buds are just thickening super hard um some of them have begun to like you know, kind of curl up and turn orange and kind of like, I don't know what the term is, but like another ripening, you know?
0: And um, is that more towards the top of the plant, the middle of the plant? Like where are, because this, the, um, cause I'm actually kind of having a brain, uh, brain fart with the word of what those like antenna looking things, those hair looking things are. But when yeah. they actually start to shrivel up and shrink and turn orange, Normally it's kind of like a ripening thing, um, but mm-hmm. sometimes it can just happen at the top of the plant because that's where the most intense light is, and it's kind of just a force of, of ripening.
1: Well, actually, no, I think it's ripening more because it's on like the lower larf of the plant, like on the outskirts is oh. like where it's right where like the like white hairs are more ripening. The tops of the plants are actually just still super white and just like getting more dense by the yeah. days.
0: And then the trichomes and all the you know just still yeah, no, growing, the trich- and growing and growing. Yeah,
1: up. the trichomes have the trichomes started popping out on these genetics. I think like day nineteen or twenty. Okay, I started seeing trichomes of and- flower.
0: Yeah, and day it was just full trichomes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, now it's just like full trichomes. I'll definitely, I'll probably post some pictures to the story, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't get good pictures of it. I don't know why. Okay. I can't. So you many leaves and stuff the leaves just like throw off like the focusing of the
0: camera and then like the camera just goes blurry yeah and then well you have also a super intense light which even a nice yeah. camera it's hard for when i did a thousand watt HPSs, which is like a different wavelength so you know it's coming from a, a gas um that really wreaks havoc on a Especially an iPhone camera, you'll have like little blotches on your pictures, and yeah, I just it doesn't, it doesn't come out nicely. I don't know why the light is just exactly. way too intense. Exactly, and that's with an LED, you know, six hundred watt LED. So, mm-hmm. um, to further that, I know you were talking a little bit about your environment and stuff like that. So further into flower, when you're getting, uh, you're gonna defo the plants later in flower once you get towards you know closer to the harvest date, right?
1: Yeah, thinking like um, day forty, forty-five, maybe fifty.
0: Okay. Depends. And when you're doing that, what's your plan? You know, your change from environment? What are you planning on doing? And then how are you actually going to do that?
1: Um, So I got to figure out how I'm going to increase my BPD to like a 1.3 to like a 1.5. And I haven't really figured out how I'm going to do it yet. I'm either going to move the hue into the actual flower tent into the four by eight or i might try and just increase the temperatures so just increase my ac temperatures from 75 maybe bring it up to like 78 to 80 i'm
0: not sure yet see what that does to the humidity and then make your choice after that that's what i would do because especially when i Back then, when I would have grows where I only have one way I can go, I don't have a heater and an AC, I just have AC, and I just have a dehu or just AC and just a humidifier, you can only go one way, right? So Mm -hmm. you have to kind of make that selection and maybe take a day or two of, you know, fucking with the environment to actually find what's going to work for that higher vpd because you can i mean you can run it out perfectly with like a 1.2 1.3 uh, but if you really want that heavy senescence heavy ripen especially when you're going to do a huge defoliation you're going to want to hit that like 1.5 vpd
1: so, yeah i mean i'm gonna i still got a couple couple weeks to figure it out but <laughs> <yeah>. oh, <laughs> once definitely. i figure it out i will definitely let you guys know in the next 10 talk Definitely, but let's enough about me. Let's get into you, Noah. Um, what happened with the pH lockout that we saw on that's on the story a couple of days ago?
0: Yeah, so I had a little bit of a pH lockout issue. I feel like this is something we can talk about because a lot of growers understand what it's like going through this. Um, basically, I have a pH probe. Uh, we talked more about pH probes, all that pH solution, all that type of stuff in our deep dive. Go check that out. Um, But to get more into it, my pH probe was not calibrated. My pH pen um, was not calibrated. I had, you know, a whole reservoir done. It was measuring out at 6.0 pH, watered the whole tent, checked it about an hour, an hour and a half later. And I have very, very small uh, pots right now, quote unquote. So, you know, a solo cup. So there's a big root mass in there now. So they're going to start updating, taking water really quick and they're going to respond quickly to what I do to them. So mm-hmm. when I fed them about an hour later, they start curling up and I just looked at them like this pH lockout, like there can't yeah. be anything else. My environment's the exact same as it's been like, unless they all got some type of disease, you know, <laughs> but that was the only other thing, but it's like no, mm-hmm. more likely it's just pH lockout. So I checked, I went and I put my, pH pen into different calibration solution because I don't have my calibration button doesn't work on my pen, um, so I had to go over these different calibration solutions and kind of calculate it out. Where like, okay, this one's measuring at seven point five, where it's really a seven, you know, and, and different stuff like that. Yeah. It's supposed to be at uh, four, but it's actually at three point eight, and then you have to manually kind of. It's a little bit of math. I'm not going to lie to people. It's easier to just buy a new one if you have the money. But for me, I'm like, you know, I, I know math. I'm going to put it together and just see, average it out to the closest I can. I averaged it out and I was way up higher, like a 6.5 pH once I checked mm, through that whole process. Okay. That's why they were bad because I was a little bit under, maybe more like a five 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 six um, pH before that. And going through the root zone, it would go up to about a 5.8 that's more advanced topic here but that's about nitrogen and how efficient nitrogen is getting taken up in the root zone but then it switches up to a 6.5 okay of course that's going to lock it up right yeah um now how did i get out of that basically i just flushed the media with a a 5.8 mix i you know did the same thing went through it um and use some pH down and was very careful about where I was going you know the numbers that I was reading and then I did a full mm-hmm. flush so a little bit wasteful with water uh to save my plants but coco's magical and you can never overwater it so it was mm-hmm. it's one of those nice things where if you do make a mistake just flush it it's fine you know you can do that yeah. um, i would never also another tip uh, for the beginners out there that just hear that do not flush with straight water ever especially um Maybe an organic sure, but I wouldn't even flush in organics, right? Um, but for the synthetic guy, never flush with straight water unless you're at the very, very end senescence. If you're trying to fix something, you still want nutrients in there. Because think about it. If you, a human, right, if you ate a bunch of meat one day, which is full of nutrients, right, and the next day all you could eat was bread. Your stomach's probably not going to be feeling too good. And that's kind of what you're doing is you're giving something that's super nutrient rich to that and they're going to feel good and it's going to go around their body and stuff. And then you're giving them something and it depletes them. So I don't know. I always say treat a plant like you would treat yourself. And it's a lot easier to think, um, what is the word intuitively with a plant mm-hmm. when you can kind of think of it like a human. A hundred percent.
1: And speaking of feeding it like a human, your reveg is looking quite alive. Yeah. What's up with that? You're feeding yeah. that something else, bro. What's up? What are you giving that?
0: Man, um, that's Athena Proline for everybody out there. But mainly on that one, it's been a month and a half. Um, it's a huge plant, huge root mass. Um, I was really nervous when I got into the reveg thing because I've said it before on the podcast. I was nervous it was going to take a really long time. Um, Mm -hmm. A month and a half later, I can tell people it doesn't take that long to (laughs) get a re-veg. I can take Mm -hmm. probably 20 to 30 clones off of that plant right now, um, realistically. Um, And the plant wouldn't die. I could literally use that re-veg as my mom for right now. But I don't want to. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it because it's still alive. And that's kind of the thing is that it's alive. So it's kind of, you know, it gives me that kind of room to play with and how it's got there is just constant feeding. And then I took those clones off and I've actually done some light defoliation. So that's more for pest control. So for the people out there in tents, especially confined tents, two by twos, two by fours, if you don't do defoliations, especially on the inside of your plant, you could have like a little stink bug or some flies or some, some really gross, you know, I don't even know mosquitoes going in the inside of your canopy because it's so wet in there. It's just a perfect environment for them to mate, have a good time and then chomp on your plants, which is Mm -hmm. the worst part.
1: So, yeah, 100%. And how did you take those clones off of your um, mom, your edge.
0: Yeah, I uh, they're really one. So I wanted to go over this real quick with people is that. I did a little bit of a test this time where I didn't take the same size clone. Each clone is actually a different like thickness. And what's weird about me is that the normally they say the thickest stems will root the fastest because thicker stems are healthier and and blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, I had the thinnest stem root first, and now it's looking like the second thinnest stem is the you know second healthiest one where the big stem one is probably going to die or I'm just going to throw it out and not it's just not going to be worth my time. Right. Um, But yeah, I basically took for the tiny ones, I tried to get about seven inches and um, just kind of the same SOPs as I normally do. Um, And then I did it into solo cups, which is different than normal, like Root Riot clone cubes or the 5050s by Floriflex. Mm -hmm. And this is just to show people that they can do it. If you want to save a genetic, if you want to, do something similarly to what I'm doing, you don't need to go out and buy like a $50 setup just for clones, right? You can do it in the same tent that you're having that mom in with some solo cups. Um, I would even recommend, I'm not even doing clear solo cups. I'm just letting the clones do what they want to do. But getting a clear solo cup and then putting that on top of the red solo cup, you're making like a little kind of dome, you know, for each singular plant. So you could do that at first just to keep the health up. Um, I think... That I have one rooted right now. So success after about eight or nine days, and I'm seeing a little bit of success, but give That's them really about good. a week, and I think I'm gonna start seeing a more of a blowout of clones. Since they're in solos again, it's gonna take longer. Yeah, 100%.
1: 100%. Well, we finished up that seed giveaway. Seeds have been sent out. Shout out to Neats
0: three, three, three on Instagram. Yes. Congrats, man. First giveaway from us more to come in the future.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Super excited to see that wag you. Um, but yeah, I mean that about wraps it up. So grower love. Thanks to everybody who made it this far. Um, thank you for listening to our weekly checkup on our grows. Uh, make sure to follow the Instagram at THC tutors and don't forget, leave a review on Apple podcast and Spotify. And we have 10 talks every week. So make sure you guys stay tuned to next week's.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, At THC Tutors, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're just going to say it again. You know, grower love to everybody out there. Thanks for spending this time with me and talking about your grow jock.
1: Hell yeah, you too, Noah. We appreciate the support, guys. Have a great day. Grower love. Grower love.